Welcome to a truly global edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, your bosom chum, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who gets around. I give you the Brent. I am round, so it's easy to get there. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel, we made the deal. No, we didn't. That was two weeks ago. We spun the wheel, we made the deal. And this week, we're going to be playing... This is a it's a weird one, Brent. Bam! Globe-trotting games, Brent. Globe-trotting games. Games that require you or your character in the game to go all over the world in search of adventure. What do you think of this there, one? This was an odd one There are one very that few up. games that, that make the uh, player physically go around the world. I won't say there are none. Because yeah, Pokemon because Pokemon's out there. And that, that makes you go walking around. So that's got to be... There's got to be games on the phone that make you go to all the world. It's a nice segue into our discussion here on, on games that take you around the world. Globe-trotting games. Now, Brent, what comes to your mind when you think of games that take you all over the earth? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That's a good one, actually. I didn't yeah. even think of that one. You're serious. That's you didn't think of, that's I, okay. I, I did, I did, it's funny because we covered that on uh, uh, Amigos a while back, and I have to say uh, that's the first time I really sat down and played that game. And it's actually that's a pretty fun game. We did Where in Time is Carmen San Diego, uh, which is basically the you know pretty much the same game. Yeah, uh, but, more on history than it is on ge- uh, geography. When I, when I think of a, a, a game that takes you over the earth, I've got to go for something like the Indiana Jones games. Uh, where, of course, if you watch the films for Indiana Jones, he's he's all over the place. And they always, uh, I guess maybe the visual is stuck in my head of the of the map. They always show during the movie where it's got the red line where Indy's yeah. crossing the map, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's one that I always think about. You got, what else do you got in your mind? Uh, Street Fighter. Yes, I agree. That's one of the first ones, like because it's called the World Warriors, right? You know, so there's that one. Uh, you know, we I, I accumulated a little uh, selection of videos here from games that take place all over the world, just the ones that popped out of my head, and I was surprised that a number of the games I stuck in here were racing titles, because oh, yeah. racing titles tend to t- uh, take you all over the place. Uh, there's one here we're looking at now called Cruising World that takes you all over the place. You noticed I went for the stuff that had a world or globe in the title. Well, that's, <laughs> see, that's what I did. As well. That's how I picked this week's game. Uh, racing games that make sense because it's easy to have multiple locales by just saying, oh, you're in this part of the world now. And you can throw up recognizable, uh, you know, iconic buildings or landscapes, and you instantly get your point across. And for stuff like racing games, that works perfectly. It allows you to go into a different uh, racetrack environment, and it makes sense because you're traveling to a different place in the world. Uh, Same thing with fighting games. Uh, Why is Fighter A so different from Fighter B? Well, he's from a different place in the world. So it, it really makes sense in that regard why they would do that. You know, plus, let's face facts. It's easy to take your fighting or racing game, stick an Eiffel Tower in the background, and be like, "Look at that! We're all over the world." You know, I we're... feel like I just said that, but yeah, that's a really good <laughs> well, that's point. The, that's the condensed way of of saying it. You know, a few people in the chat here have brought up a couple games. You know, I, I'd say I've played this one. There's one here called Broken Sword. Pajaka mentioned. I will say, Pixels of Dawn came up with a couple that I would put on the list. Tomb Raider, 
and the Uncharted series. You, you, you've played that Uncharted stuff, haven't you? That's no. A, oh, you've never nope. played the old Uncharted? No, the Uncharted is a PlayStation yeah. uh, exclusive game, and it was at a point in my life where I'd already uh, dedicated to Xbox, and after Xbox, I dedicated to PC. You and know, it's not because of console wars, blah, blah, blah. It was just, what can you afford? I can afford one console. One, you know, I want to talk about this for a second. This is All off right. topic, but you've dedicated yourself to to the to Microsoft here. You say, okay, what what what, what gave them the edge? Because I, you know, I'm sort of the same way. Like I had a PlayStation One, and then pretty much I didn't have another PlayStation until I got some retro ones. You know, why did you choose Xbox over, over PlayStation? Uh, online capabilities. Yeah. Uh, when it came down to it, for me, I mean. I grew up, we we went through the whole uh, X-Band phase on Super Nintendo to be able to play fighting games with each other over the internet, dial-up at the time. And that became one of the most important factors to me in consoles. Uh, Dreamcast, same reason why I had a Dreamcast early on. I wanted to have that connected, be able to play with other people that I wouldn't necessarily be able to uh, go and be with at the, at the, you know, side by side. And it, it paid off well for me because I still game with my friends who are in different States, you know, hundreds of miles away that I would never be able to game with otherwise. So that's what uh, pulled me to Xbox when it first came out, Xbox live, of course. And, uh, of course, now it's all PC for me. Uh, I don't. I own consoles, or, or I should say, there are consoles in my house that my children own. But I am strictly a PC gamer now. Well, I'm gonna, much like I did previously, I'm gonna condense your uh, what you just said into what I would say, which is that I was the same reason. That, that, <laughs> that's exactly exactly what I said. And before you know, I move on, I, I, I kind of feel like you're a third wheel in the show well, this week, Aaron. Yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, you just hold up a sign that says "Me Too" and we're good to go. Hey, listen, that's the way I do it. I also want to say Curtis brought up one that I actually own for the Coco that would fit this category: the Interbank Incident. A very uh, ambitious Coco title. Yeah, we played uh, that. Yeah, we played that on the show. So, with all that said, the Brent, uh, we were chat. We were tasked with choosing uh, a game each that would fulfill the obligations of being called a globe-trotting game. Now, I'm going to let you lead the dance this week, and I will admit, at first, I was like, I, I you know, it's funny. I don't, I didn't think of racing titles per se as that fitting this category very well, but I, I think you, this one would fulfill the obligations of being a globe trotting game. What do you got? I think that's pretty generous uh, because despite the, the, the name of the game, uh, it doesn't do a whole lot of globe trotting as much as it does. Well, I didn't want to bury you. Europe. I didn't want to bury you for being an idiot. That picked the Simpsons game as a Halloween title. Absolutely. You, your I, that one I'll stand behind. Yeah. The battle chest right one. That. Okay. We might have some wiggle room, but anyway, I chose World Rally Championship, which is also World Rally, kind of. Uh, it's an odd thing in the arcades, especially when this happens. The actual name of the game on the marquee is World Rally, but on the title screen, the, it is called World Rally Championship. Like, 
you know, when it, the splash screen on the game. I had a lot of fun prepping the show for this game, Brent. Thanks. Because <laughs> I was like, is this the right game? What am I doing? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, that was the European name. When they released uh, across the world, they did change the marquee to read World Rally Championship. Uh, and this was a, a, a this is a special game. Uh, Aaron, do you know who who produced this game? Who developed it? I think it was a Jalico. Uh, it was. Or, yeah. And you know why this was an important game for them? I don't. <laughs> this was their biggest seller ever. Really? And they had a yes. lot of like uh, they had a lot of shmups that were quite popular, as I recall. Well, they they're a, a very interesting company. They did a lot of eking by. Uh, they had a few decent games. Uh, Big Karnak was probably their other big, well-known game. Big uh, Karnak? I don't yeah. know what that is. I don't... <clears throat> and then when they released World Championship, uh, it was exponentially larger than anything they did. And the very first thing they 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 produced after it was, holy crap! This made us lots of money. Let's get another one out the door as soon as possible. So World Rally Championship released in 1993, and World Rally Two released in 1995, and uh, it was far far less successful. Not saying it didn't make money, uh, but compared to World Rally Championship, it was it was a, an underperformer. So what is World Rally Championship? Well, first you need to know what rally racing is. Uh, rally racing is usually on multiple surfaces, uh, dirt, snow, uh, asphalt, and they race very quickly on tracks that are not typical for racing. Uh, it's tracks with a lot of curves, tracks that are, are up and down as well as left and right. <sighs> Lots of hills and jumps and bumps. And it is a style of racing where you have your pilot, your driver, and a co-pilot. And the co-pilot's whole thing is they're reading a map or, you know, information sheets. And they know how bad the turn coming up is and inform the driver, like, hey, in 300 yards, you need to make a 90-degree turn. And that allows him to adjust his speed prepare for the turn, and they will just whip the cars around. They don't slow down for hardly anything. So it's a very fast, high-paced, high-energy form of racing. And it, it can be quite dangerous. Uh, there are numerous wrecks across the uh, the sports history that are, are just devastating. Uh, so this is the video game personification of rally racing. And the way they emulate the your co-pilot is to have arrows on the screen that gives you a general idea of what's coming up. Uh, it will either be, you know, different turns, or if there's obstacles in the road, the game will warn you of that. And they give you enough time to prepare to uh, adjust your driving speed or, you know, get ready to turn left or right. But it's still a reactionary game. It's not like they prep you 15 seconds in advance. It's two or three seconds. So you really have to be ready to make these turns. And part of the game, as it gets farther into the game, is these 
on-screen symbols will become more complicated. At first, it might just be, you know, left turn, right turn, might be uh, 90 degrees or 45 degrees. But later into the races, it might be saying like, okay, you're going to go straight a little bit, turn 40 degrees, go straight a little bit more, turn 180 degrees, and then a 45 degree turn after that. So it's very uh, entertaining to build up as you're doing these races to get these different signals and sliding around the corners and experiencing all the different road surfaces and whatnot. It's very fun. I really enjoy it. Uh, at the very beginning of the game, you get to choose between four uh, rally races, and they are all over Europe. And <clears throat> so you get to experience different locales, different road surfaces, and the roads, the races are all set up into stages. And you have 60 seconds to get through each stage. And each stage has its own unique driving surfaces inside of the the different rally race that you pick. So you get to experience a lot of different road surfaces, a lot of different locales as you play. Aaron, when you first played this, uh, hey, first of all, have you ever played this in the arcade? Because this is an arcade game, of course. You know, I did see this in arcades. I will say that. I know where you played it. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 I haven't seen it recently. I mean, but I mean, is it out there somewhere right now? It's not out there somewhere right now, but I guarantee that you played this at the Nitro Bowling Alley. Yes, that's absolutely where I saw it last. Uh, this is, I'm not going to lie to you. This is not a game that appeals to me that much because I'm not into rally racing. However, hold on, let me finish. Me and the boat covered a game on Amigos, uh, it's been several months ago, and it was a it was a rally game, and I I wouldn't be surprised if they actually like digitized some of the graphics right out of this and put in it. It's very similar, except it's much crappier. <laughs> Excuse me, but to get prepared for the game, me and Boat watched this show where this uh, reporter got prepped to be a rally racer, and he was the guy holding the map and telling the guy when to turns, and they uh-huh. matched him with a former champ that was, and so he was the navigator in the car. And the whole show is about him prepping to do the job and, and getting qualified and doing smaller races. It was really cool. And so I actually sort of got into the whole rally uh, mindset. I'm still not going to sit down and watch it, but it's not bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when this game honed into view, I knew it right away. The old arrow, uh, tell you which way to go. I, I believe, I don't know if this got ported to the Neo Geo or just got ripped off, but I know there's at least one or two Neo Geo games that have the same sort of setup in them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I had I had seen this before. I'd played similar games. I think this, uh, uh, just uh, first impressions of it, it looked nice. Uh, it does what it says. I found that uh, the beginning area beatable. I did beat the first couple levels of this uh, before I lost. Uh, I noticed that if you play the more expert levels, they start out at night, and that's a whole different kettle of fish right there. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, how were you able to fare at it? I well, I have played this game uh, through Maine for many, many years. This is one <clears> that <throat> I will log up, uh, log log into. Oh, every eight or nine months, I'll usually give this game a run. Um, I actually prefer the second one, but I, I like to start games, you know, in the beginning. Something very unique about this, Aaron. <clears throat> now you've got me doing it. Sorry. Uh, the game is set up to use a steering wheel 
However, they did release cabinets that were joystick. And because of that, uh, most steering wheel games in MAME are crap. But since this actually did have a joystick version, it works very well through emulation. Um, and is really controls way better than you would think a driving game using a stick ever would. Yeah, it's so, to, to me a stick seems more natural than a <laughs> well, than a wheel would feel. Uh the the uh the nitro version that we played in the bowling alley was a <clears throat> stick version. So I was actually surprised to find out that this did have a steering wheel version. I always thought it was a stick only game, but no, this does have a um, steering wheel version of the game. So here's my biggest pluses for the game. It's incredibly playable. The sense of speed is very high. You feel like you're really moving when you're playing this thing. You, uh, The game is very fair. Even at its hardest difficulties, it doesn't just make you lose. You can actually play through this game beginning to end one credit if you're good enough. There's no cheapness. It's all right there on the screen. They don't change the rules up halfway through. So I really appreciate that. The graphics... See, John kind of killed this thing for having crappy graphics. I completely disagree. The graphics are what they need to be. Now, it does have some full motion video of different racers or uh, different scenes of cars jumping over things. Uh, and those are crap. They're really, really low-resolution FMVs. Uh, but the actual in-game stuff is, I think it's appealing. I actually like the graphics. <clears throat> it is exactly low-res enough to allow for quick speeds and high-res enough to know exactly what everything is. So... Anyone who complains about the graphics, I don't think that's an issue. I thought the, the graphics sound. actually, I thought it was quite. I thought it was a pretty attractive game. The, it fell into that same, you, and you mentioned this. It fell into that same trap a lot of games this year do. It's like, wow, well, hey, look, we could digitize, we could digitize a, a still frame video. Oh, it looks like double garbage, but we could do it, and so yeah. it doesn't age well at the time. That's sort of, and the thing is, what they where they failed was they didn't touch it up. Because sometimes you can get away with it. Like, I think Iron Man Stewart did the same thing. And they actually touched it up. And it looked okay. Jalico didn't touch this up that much. And it looks like butt. Yeah. I also, I will say, one of the things that, that, this, that I thought was weird and but sort of funny is is a Thing from the Adams Family makes a guest appearance before every race. <laughs> There's a countdown with fingers, which I thought was real. I don't know if that's a tradition. And maybe somebody could tell us if it's a tradition in rally racing where there's a guy that gets in front of the cars and gives you the countdown with his hands. But I thought that was biz a bizarre addition to it. It they, was a little weird. And that was also digitized, digitized hands. So yeah. th that's Although probably the best. Good. Yeah, that's the best one in the whole bunch. But yeah, that's that's such a minute part of the game that I don't let it detract from it. But the actual racing, listen, it's it's uh, uh, it does what it's supposed to do. It, it, you can tell what's going on. I think it renders the uh, the the scenes nicely. I think it looks the car looks good, the road looks good, the obstacles look good, the thing that tells you which way to go look good. So I got no problem with the yeah. way it looks. The problem comes into the sound. Uh, the engine sound is fine. 
but that's all you get. You get a few ambience of your of sliding or of bouncing the car after you go for a jump, but there's no music, uh, which a game like this really could have used a nice backing soundtrack to go with the fast on-screen action, and this has none of that. And the engine sound gets really annoying because uh, it, 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 it's so loud and it's so dominant, you can't help but focus on it, and it just burns your ears after a while. You know, I think some of the, uh, I think there's ambient sound that gets covered by the engine. I'll tell you why. There was a part in the game, you know, if you if you get it too far out of control in this game, your your car will roll, right? Yeah, and you'll crash. And there was a, I had a, there was a turn like a hairpin turn. I crashed, and there was fans all around the turn, right? And as I crashed, and my car laid on its top. You can hear the gentle golf clapping of the surrounding townsfolk <laughs> as they applauded my death. And I was like, wait a minute, you punks. So I'm assuming that somewhere buried underneath that engine sound, there's something. But I think they just had their levels a little out of whack. I, I, something else I want to mention is when you have to continue the game, there, <laughs> instead of instead of a countdown, with, it has numbers, but every number it goes, rrr, rrr. Yes. it's almost like the car's begging you. Come on. <laughs> Put in some money. <laughs> but, and the squealing of the tires. I mean, it's okay. I don't know. What What else are you going to put in a game like this? Cars are loud. You well, know, they're going to take up all the audio. Well, the thing is, it's a game. It can have <clears throat> a, a nice rocking soundtrack, and it would have it would have went a long way. Yeah, music wouldn't have hurt. I'll give you that. But overall, I would recommend checking out World Rally slash World Rally Championship. Uh, it's easy to <clears throat> emulate. If you wanted to buy it, it's actually out there. These boards run about $160. Um, are they JAMA? They are. They're JAMA Plus. However, and this is a big however, these do have suicide batteries. Oh. Uh, and for those go. that don't know what that means, there is a battery on the board that when it runs out, the board becomes non-functional. And I don't just mean, oh, it leaks onto the board. No, the battery is responsible for holding bits of code that the game will not work with, work without. Yeah, so, it powers a chip that ho holds code that will go away if it's not powered, yeah. Right. So, if you put this on the shelf or something, <clears throat> there's a good chance that when you plug it back in to play later, it isn't going to work. Uh, you can replace those batteries... It's if not you're, if you're quick and you know exactly how the procedure how to do it. Right. Yeah. It it's not a horribly difficult thing to do, but it it is a little bit risky. It, uh, it, so, it reminds me of that Seinfeld where they tried to keep the Frogger high score after they yeah. unplugged it. You know, you might be able to pull it off or you know. <laughs> I'm so glad we got rid of all of our arcade boards, by the way. This is the crap that used to haunt my sleep. It's like, oh man. Of course, Especially now we just have to worry about pinball boards doing the same thing. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Or right, leaking. Yeah. Uh, so, do I think this is a good game? No. Do I think this is a playable, fun game that you should definitely check out? Yes. And I don't know if you agree with this, Aaron, but for me, for playing uh, racing games at home, emulated. If I'm going to use a joystick, this is the kind of game I want to play. This is the kind of racing game I want. I, I, actually, I think I, I kind of like this game, sort of. I mean, it's not my favorite type of racing, but it's kind of fun. 
I think it's a good game. I think it's a clever game, often imitated. You know, so I, absolutely. I, I, I thought it was pretty good uh, myself. I, I I think the graphics are good. The sounds okay. I, I give this I give this a passing grade. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Now we we did get some Discord action on this one, the brand. If you'll indulge me here, absolutely. Our own John Boat of Car Schaller chimed in this week. Uh, he writes, Aaron, I, Aaron and I learned when reviewing Rally Championship on the Amiga, the key to a fun experience in a game like this is to have your on-screen navigation tell you which direction to turn with enough time to react. This game does a fine job of it and is playable as a result. Which, by the way. Rally Championships on the Amiga, that was its biggest failing. It did not give you enough time to react. This, um, However, for a 1993 arcade release, it is poor. The graphics are grainy and low detail. There's no in-race uh, game music. And with no other drivers to contend with, you lose a lot of what makes racing games fun. It's no wonder that re with re releases as lackluster as this one, when the PlayStation was released in Japan just one year later, arcades started to empty out. So boats indirectly holding this game responsible for the death of arcades in Japan. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Pajako chimed in, the Pajokster. Uh, this one lived in one of my local arcade games. Uh, excuse me. This one lived in one of my local arcade games. That's the way it's written. But I only played it a couple of times because, honestly, there were better games to spend my coins on. However, it's not a bad game, and it's playable and the controls are responsive. You need to have quick reactions due to limited field of play. Although it warns you of upcoming turns, it is still easy to crash out if you have the pedal to the metal. Really, for me, the only thing that lets it down is the graphics. All the digitized graphics seem more like something you see on the Amiga or similar home system. But it's worth playing if you're looking for something slightly different. A 7 out of 10 from Jocko. So there you go, Brent. A game that I guess we would describe as midland to be to okay. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that I think that is it. Absolutely fine description. Now let me ask you a question before we move along. You picked this game for globe trotting games because they had a world in the title. Yes or no? Uh, that is why I looked into it, Bam. and then it does travel a quite a bit of distance. Uh, it takes up it travels pretty much the entire uh, expanse of Europe. Is Europe globe trotting though? Absolutely. No, it's not. Yeah. That's because globe trotting would require you to leave one continent for another. Fail. Once again, you've dropped the ball. No, no, I did, I completely disagree. You in the chat. Tell him he's wrong. Okay. With all that said, uh, I was tasked with picking a game. Now, you know, <clears throat> Brent, we do pride ourselves on occasionally finding a hidden gem amongst the many games we play. And I do like to, as many often as I can, to try games I've never played before. You know, even if the game sounds repulsive or wrong. I'll go in there and give them a shot because, hey, sometimes you stumble across something that's so unbelievable, that's so overwhelming, that you can't imagine how no one ever told you about it before because it's so awesome, right? So this week, I chose a game that does not fit that category, not even a little. Let's look at James Bond Jr. for the Super Nintendo. Now, there is an NES release completely unrelated to what we're going to be talking about this week. So... Right out of the gate, I'll tell you that I had my reservations when picking this particular title, and I'll tell you why. I had a passing knowledge of James Bond Jr., the cartoon, which I just the whole concept of it is garbage. I hated it, uh, and so I never watched it one time. In fact, I watched my first episode for this particular ARG, 
which I'll talk about. Yeah, and I never, great. I never played any of the games at all because again, concept bad. All right, <clears throat> so, but when I thought about globe trotting games, the first thing that came to my mind was like a Bond game. Bond globe trots all over the place. You know what I'm saying? But I just covered a Wii game. I wanted to get back into the retro, uh, fully on retro uh, era of gaming, and so I thought to myself, what Bond game can I play that would fit the bill? of a globe-trotting game. Well, a lot of the old Bond games were just like racing titles. It really didn't fit the bill too good. And so I went to your second-tier Bond titles, and so that's how James Bond Jr. honed into view. Now, before we get to the game proper, I want to talk about the animated show that spawned this game. Uh, the animated show uh, was released September of 1991. It ran till March of '92. A respectable 65-episode uh, run uh, for this show, so I would call it a uh, what I would call a moderate success. It only ran the season, but they they ran enough episodes because they where they knew they could they could syndicate it going forward for a good while. I don't know, man. 65 normally isn't enough. Normally, you need 72. Well, for cartoons, think about it. How long has the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon been on? Or some of these other don't have they don't have any episodes hardly at all. So 65 is a pretty good run. Um. So, this I found quite interesting. Uh, James Bond Jr. is sort of, kind of, not really in canon for James Bond. It's not really, okay? But it, but a book was written in 1967. It was a spinoff novel. I'd never heard of this until researching. It's called The Adventures of James Bond Jr. 003 and a half. Sounds like a Naked Gun film. And this was authored by someone named R.D. Mascot, who no one knows who this guy is. It was some sort, and no one's owned up to it. Right? It was a pseudonym for someone that no one ever claimed to, to write the book. So the book was, eh, it wasn't super well received, but it got some attention. And believe it or not, they had announced a that there was going to be a television show on it in the late 60s but that never came to be. So someone somewhere thought that the book was good enough to make a show out of. And the book is about James Bond Jr., who is not the son of James Bond, by the way, nor is he the son in the, in the cartoon. He's actually Bond's nephew. Okay? Now, Bond's an only child, and his parents are dead, but he's got a nephew. And, and why the nephew's <laughs> named James Bond Jr. is anyone's guess. You know, they couldn't name him Billy Bond or, 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 or Stuart Bond, so they named him James Bond Jr. Uh, and so, but he exists in some book. And so they decided, hey, let's. What they're trying to do here basically was capture the kid market for James Bond. Absolutely. And so that's what. Here's the bizarre thing about this: this game is fully endorsed by the Bond franchise. Like they were all on board. United Artists was like, do it. You know, Ian Studios, everybody. They were all. This was fully endorsed by Bond, the Bond uh, shareholders and the and the IP holders. They were behind it. Okay, so. Uh, this uh, so I mean, like I said, it's not canon, but it is what it is. Uh, these are 21 uh, minute episodes that took place, and I'll watch the first episode just so I could get a little flavor for it. So James Bond Jr. goes to Warfield Academy, which is a like a school for like rich, gifted youngsters, basically. Uh, uh, and he's joined. I get this. What are the odds of this happening? They're got to be low. He's joined by IQ. This geek in a lab coat. This geek is the grandson of Q, right? Bond's, uh, you know, f 
famous, uh, 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 you know, like parts guy. And then you've also got Gordo Leiter, the son of Felix Leiter. I found this particularly amusing because in the movies, Felix Leiter has been portrayed as a black man, a white man, like all sorts of different people play Felix Leiter. But in this show, for whatever reason, Felix Gordo Leiter is a surf guy. Okay, he's a blonde, bulky American surfer. Okay, complete with all the crap you'd expect a dumb guy to say. So that's a slap in the face of Felix Leiter and Q right there. You've also, of course, if you've got a bond, you got to fight uh, some kind of organization like Spectre. So they've, they're fighting scum, saboteurs, and criminals united in mayhem. Horrible. Right? And so that's what you're after. And he uses the exciting catchphrase, my name's Bond, James Bond Jr. That's, the, that's, that's how he delivers the catchphrase. Uh, also, some of the Bond villains show up in this. Uh, Art Goldfinger's in it, uh, inc- complete with Odd Job, his uh, hat throwing sidekick from the movies. These guys all look completely different, by the way. Also, Goldfinger's daughter's in it, Goldie Finger, which is horrible. She's also evil. Uh, apparently, Dr. No appeared at some point in it. The episode I saw featured the leader of Scum, and he had Jaws with him. But unlike the movie Jaws, this Jaws talked. He wore he looked like a geek, and it sucked. Okay, so let's let me summarize my thoughts on the show. It sucks. It's exactly the kind of drivel I thought it would be. It's an insult to James Bond, and I can see why this thing died a death. But it didn't die before they made like six novelizations of it, and they made toy lines of it, and they of course made these video games because you got to have video games to get the kids in. That's what they dig. So let's flash forward to uh, June of 92, keeping in mind that this was released after the show was canceled. All right, so not ever good. James Bond Jr., uh, developed by an outfit called Grey Matter and published by THQ uh, on the Super Nintendo. Uh, This game uh, actually was designed by David Bright. And David Bright uh, was one of the designers. He was behind the Odd World game. So there, he's not a total hack. All right, those were good. You had another guy on the design staff, Kevin Hoer, who was in, who was uh, deeply involved in all the GTA games in the Max Payne series. Okay, so that's a decent pedigree uh, uh, for uh, for a game. So let's look at the game of proper, then, shall we? James Bond Jr. So James Bond Jr. is a game that gives you different a couple different flavors of gaming they tried to be the all-in-one here uh the plot of this thing is idiotic uh it's all you're doing is going around different parts of the world to stop various loser villains idiot plan and basically you have to set through a long queue speech at the beginning of every level i'm sorry iq to uh get to the point where you get to play the game now the game is set up in in basically two two or three stages the first stage is, uh, in the, for the first level, is a, is a basically w- jumping stage, a platforming stage. And then the second part of the stage will be a vehicle stage. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't always repeat that pattern. Sometimes you do the vehicle before you do the leaping. And sometimes there's a combination of the two. Um, you'll get a couple gadgets from IQ before you start the uh, round that you'll use. Uh, and what basically means he usually tells you about power-ups you can get. He doesn't necessarily give you these. I guess he sends them around later like a jerk uh, that you've got to see. You've got to wait on them. Uh, so 
once you've started the level, and we're going to talk about the uh, the the runaround level first. So the runaround level is basically a, a, a real weak platformer, and these things will they're all the same basically. You'll have James Bond running around, and you'll have villains coming after him, and he's got to just negotiate to the end of the level. Uh, these I thought were. Um, pretty generic what did you think of just the run around jump levels brent well it's hard to talk about them as, as they're single just them but I, I will i will do my best um a few problems i have with them first off like you said iq says hey I've, i made these new gadgets like here you can use them in your fight but you 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 can't you have to collect them through the level that's stupid <laughs> they should just give you the gadgets because none of the gadgets are so game breaking, at least none of the ones I used, that you couldn't just have a supply of them at the start of the level. So I think that's stupid. Right. The platforming would be okay if it took care of two things. You need to be able to scroll the screen up and down, and you can't, uh, you know, without falling i'm I'm saying you need buttons that let you scroll the screen up and down so you can see what's above and below you you need to be able to crouch and still attack there is no crouching attacks in the game uh when you crouch you literally are just that's it you just duck and that's it uh, and a lot of enemies will throw projectiles at heights where you need to duck so it becomes a whole of duck, move a little bit closer, duck, move a little bit closer, duck, until you're able to get close enough to him to hit them. The sprites in this game are are huge. They're very large sprites. Uh, That's so not a good thing, though. Uh, well, I, well, we'll get into that. So as you are traveling through these platform stages, <clears throat> you only have so much screen real estate. So there's only so much you can do at any one time. Um, and having to duck right when you're next to a guy and then stand up and attack, it's kind of dumb. Also, there are enough enemies that are small, and I mean like monkey. So the monkeys are only like the size of your head, and they throw projectiles. Uh, hitting them <clears throat> becomes... Excuse me, becomes very difficult. And it's frustrating because you can't use your gadgets when you jump. You do have a jump kick, but you don't have a jump projectile. And because of that, it makes things that shouldn't be frustrating very frustrating. Next thing I want to complain about about these levels they're very poorly designed. Uh, you do have hits in the game. You have five hit points starting out, and you can collect power-ups that will give you more hit points. But the runaround stages are all mazes. Uh, there are no just-go-here kind of affairs. And a lot of times you will travel down extensive corridors to get maybe a power-up or an extra life and then have to double back way farther than makes sense. I mean, I there were some times... I thought I did an entire stage and I was just going the wrong way. That should never happen in a platformer. Uh, not this type of platformer. If it's your, if you're going for a Castlevania or a Metroid type thing, 
where the map world is just kind of open, that's one thing. But that isn't what this is. This is a point A to point B, but you get no navigation, you get no map, uh, and you get no assistance on where you need to go. So because of that, uh, you get lost, and it's very frustrating. Last thing I want to talk about. Uh, your jump in this is very nice, actually. You can control mid-air. You can, you can jump towards a platform and then actually swing back to land where you got to. Um, I'm super cool with that. All the pits that I experienced were not one-hit pits. Uh, there might be filled with spikes or whatever, but when you fall into them, you only take a damage and then you can hop back out. So I'm cool with all that. Also, James Bond Jr. has a, a role. Um, it's kind of wonky. The animation's real choppy on it. It, it almost seems like an afterthought. Uh, but there are some times, especially when you're trying to approach an enemy, uh, that that role was useful. But you can roll too close to it and get hit. And that is where the largest problem of the run and jump stages is the hit detection is overly precise. Um, and what I mean by that is the hitboxes seem to span outside of where your character is actually drawn. So things that you feel should have missed you uh, are actually striking you and causing damage. And that's pretty unexcusable for sprites of this size. I mean, if you're going to use large sprites, you have to have really good hitboxes because you take up so much of the screen. If you get missed, you need to not take damage. So the platforming part of this game, not very good. Not very good. What did you think about it, Aaron? You got more out of the platforming than I did, the brand, I will say. I just thought it was a clunky mess. The animation on this is poor. It just looks cheap. It looks like they didn't put a lot of frames into Bond. Like his pose looks idiotic. The way he jumps, it just looks... And the, and the thing is, the backgrounds are not that bad. But the character movement is just... I mean, when your main character moves like this, it's just weak. Weak. Now, they could be trying to animate this guy in line with the show, which also has weak, crap animation. But even this is even worse than the show. Uh, the animation was no good. So, yeah, I didn't like the uh, in-between parts. And I'll get to them. I didn't get to play every one of these levels. And so I can give you a better idea of that when we get towards the end here. But I do want to talk about the second aspect of the game, which is the vehicle element. Uh, the vehicle element finds you driving, among other things, uh, jet planes, helicopters, and boats. So all the kind of elements that you would expect that Bond would drive around. Uh, the first level of this almost reminded me sort of a very, very colorful uh, like version of like something like a, a, a silkworm in terms of the way you chop or drives around and looks. It, the, the graphics aren't horrible, but the level is just not that good. The the uh, uh, it's I found it difficult, and one of the reasons that I hated this level and all, and all the all the uh, all the elements of driving a vehicle in this game have the same problem is, and you mentioned this sort of which the hitbox in this is just horrible. You yeah. know you didn't get hit, and you'll go down, and when you go down, of course it's one of those games where they can't have the common decency just to kill you and you move on. It's got to show your plane slowly teetering down on fire. You got to wait for it to go all the way through the screen. 
Then you got to come. Then you got to start back over. It all. It's not very generous on where it starts you. So it doesn't start you like most proper shmups. It will start you where you died, but not this one. It backs you up like a platformer to like sort of the last uh, uh, artificial invisible checkpoint. And you've got to go through the same areas again and again. They're pretty generic on every level. Uh, the the helicopter level, like I said, it's probably the. I think this is the worst of the vehicles. I think the boat was slightly more fun because the boat gave you mines to dodge. It gave you ramps to jump. The it, the boat level made zero sense because for whatever reason on the uh, uh, on the various uh, areas where ramps are, they've got little buoys set up so you'll know where the ramps are, <laughs> which is odd. They also, uh, in the boat area, there's a bit where you can actually get a thing to make your boat jump over land. That was kind of cool. But all the areas sort of feel the same. And they all have that horrible, horrible hitbox issue. And that makes the game, it takes away the fun of the game. Another thing that bugs me is like if you get anywhere near the ground on the flying levels, you're toast. You're not going to be strafing nothing in this game because if you get near the ground, it just sort of kills you. Did you have the same experience on these? Yes, but you're actually missing the worst part. Okay, please. Bad hitboxes, I, I, I can tolerate, although, yeah, those are horrible. Um, it, horrible controls, uh, but they committed one sin that I can't forgive. First yeah. of all, the, first of all, don't look like Silkworm. Silkworm's better than you'll ever be. James That's Bond true. Jr. We both we're both big fans of Silkworm, so there's also <laughs> that. Uh, but they they did the the shoot 'em up sin of where once you stop moving, you actually drift back with the screen like if you're not pushing forward you drift back with the screen and that is so annoying holy crap it drove me batty yeah because you don't have the you don't have the advantage of being able to not do something you've always got to be steering forward yes and it becomes so tedious because this level is so long Yes. All the driving stages are obnoxious, obnoxiously long. And uh, it makes me wonder who this game was for. And at the end of the day, if I could ask the developers any question, I would ask them, who is this game for? Because it's too low budget to be going after the older teen and adult crowd and it's too hard to be going after the kid crowd i had the exact same thought like there's no kid that the, a kid could get past the very first level it's very short yeah it's, it's very 30 seconds but there is no kid that's not a, like a normal kid that's getting past that helicopter level that goes on for days that's yeah. a zero percent chance and since kids watch this show who's playing this game i had the exact same thought to brent yeah, and it shows to me, and I think this is what happened, okay? I don't know this for sure, but this is my guess is what happened. They were making this game, right? Yeah. And this, the bones of a good game are here, okay? There, there's nothing in this game that isn't fixable. The, the, the mazy platform stages, all you've got to do is hit a, have a button or something that can bring up an arrow that points you to your, towards the goal, or it towards the end, uh, 
change the graphics on the hit on the lead character, which are horrible. That no, the graphics are they're not great. No, they're not they're great, hideous. but they're they're totally past. No, you're telling me the way this guy walks around is something you'd want on a Super Nintendo. I think no. this game could be one of those games where like they were making it for something and they were like, Hey, here's a license. Let's make a cheap graphic. No, no, I do not agree with that. I think they made this with James Bond Jr. in mind. But everything is fixable. But I think when the show was not as popular as they were hoping and it got canceled, they were like, we've got to get this out the door now. If we don't get it out the door now, we have no audience for the game, right? Because assumedly you're wanting the people who enjoyed the show to play the game. And if you, it was down to the point of, because you said this came out after the show was already canceled. That's right. It was a point of, if we don't get this out now, we're going to lose all of our money. Just get it out the door. You might be and, right, and that may be why they rushed it out. With, and like, the, and in the that's why this has none of the polish that it needs to be a... I mean, is it? A, it's already a functional game. It, it, this isn't the worst game I've ever played, but it has enough flaws that tells me that this didn't get the polish it, it needed to become a fun game. You know, we we haven't covered a Super Nintendo game for a while, but the, one of the last ones we covered was that uh, Jordan Trouble in the Windy City. Remember that? Yes. And this, and of course, remember that was the one. Hey, this is the worst game of all times. That game is so much better than this one. In every way better. Aspect. Yeah. It it captures the uh, the the uh, source better. It's got better graphics. It's more clever. Like, there's nothing in this game that's better than the worst parts of that game. Absolutely. And so, but this game, no one talks about it being the worst game ever. And it's far worse than that game. This yeah. game, and the thing is, you're right. I mean, if you look at this game, the backgrounds look okay. The fighting, the vehicle levels look pretty good. Like, they're not the worst. They're too long. There's not, they're not the most fun. But this game, they just, it's like, like you said, I, I would not, you probably nailed it. They probably were like, well, let's get this out while the window's still open because we're running out of time. Because it really is a, a pedestrian, a pedestrian effort uh, with a very pedestrian character. Uh, not too good. Now, I will say, I should mention this game has seven levels. Uh, there, As we mentioned, that are a mixture of running and, and jumping and also vehicles. There are boss battles in this. Amongst the boss battles is a final, ultimate battle with uh, with the head of scum. You also end up fighting a, a, a large chopper at one point. But those aren't anything to write home about either. This is just a, a pedestrian effort. And yeah. like you said, probably something that was done strictly to get, get the game out the door. If you need to cheat at this game, you can. At the beginning of the game, you get to pick like a double O for yourself. And it's actually a... Uh, level skip code that you could put in. So there's skip codes to go through all the levels if you really wanted to, which I did. Uh, I mean, they're pretty much just like you would think. I spent a good amount of time messing around the ice level to see what that felt like. And it felt just like you would expect a game like this to feel. It was clunky, kludgy. Bond was sliding around with that horrible hit detection. And it was also cheap. I don't like that roll that Bond does. It's hard. It just goes off sometimes when you don't yeah. want it to. And when you want it to, it doesn't work right. Why well, didn't you just put that as another button? I can't figure out. You know, you do get Q gadgets, but not, there's nothing in here to write home about. Just a, a, a weak title. So, yeah, I didn't necessarily pick the best game around this time. I looked up some reviews to see how it fared in the various magazines of the day. Playtime. In January of 93, gave this a 
A power play in January of 93 gave this a 47%. They killed it. Uh, video games in December of 92 gave it a 46%. And Enforce uh, in January of 93 gave this a 43%. So some horrible, horrible reviews. And a more modern review is JewelVideo.com, August of 2009, gave this a 5 out of 20. It was, it was widely hated. So, but we did get some Discord reviews. Maybe they'll be kinder to it, Brent. Let's go back to the boat here who writes, I remember what, by this first line doesn't surprise me at all. Boat writes, I remember watching this cartoon when my mom dropped my siblings and I off at like 5 o'clock in the morning at the Rainbow and Teddy Bears Daycare on Main Street in Hurricane. It used to be next to where the weird foam party place is now. I'm sure the cartoon is horrible, but like every cartoon I've ever watched, I can remember every word of the theme song perfectly. The game is horrible. 30 seconds of what looks like generic platforming, followed by an endless stage reminiscent of Silkworm with all the fun removed. Incredibly bland and repetitive with irritating music and the bulk of the challenge coming from the trees, which apparently grow to seven to 800 feet tall to impede <laughs> your progress. I guess you're in the Redwood Forest. The only redeeming feature of the game I saw was the little dudes that dropped out of the helicopters only to fly their way back up some weird ground implements that will try to actually alight on your actually alight on your helicopter trying to bring you down. That was a neat element. There are these yeah. springs or something at the bottom of the screen. These guys will jump out and they will launch themselves up in here to try to grab your helicopter. That was unique. Um, this one, uh, this one to hear Aaron and the Brit Barry and never think about it again. Boat killed it. Uh, Rushi, who lamented my pick instantly, writes, I agree with everything Boat said, and I'd like to append one key detail that I think needs to be highlighted when discussing this game. The game sucks. Well, <laughs> well there you go. <laughs> and finally, Pajaka writes, I started playing and almost instantly threw a grenade in a guy's face. I am in! However, the fun was cut short when the helicopter level abruptly starts, and you will pretty much spend most of your time here. Even slightly touching anything with the chopper, and boom, down in flames. I think the creators of this game thought they were developing a coin-munching arcade game. It's almost a good game, but quick difficulty spike, and the seemingly endless helicopter level was a deal-breaker for me. Sadly, this is more like Lames Bond Jr., 4 out of 10. Very cunning. Very cunning. Lames Bond. Yes, this wasn't a good choice. I, I swear, I, I tried to uh, tried to think outside the box on this. Now, I will say, in my defense, there is a map in this game, and James Bond Jr. does go all over the earth. So I do have that. I did win the category, but I ultimately, I lost the war on this one. Brent, any yeah. final thoughts on James Bond Jr.? Uh, I, I can't recommend, uh, obviously, don't buy this game. No. Uh, I, I can't recommend even emulating this game unless you have a special connection uh, whatever that might be to the cartoon, um, you if can you tell do, that the cutscenes seek counseling. <laughs> you can tell that the cutscenes uh, hold that comic, the, the early morning cartoon uh, humor style. Not one I particularly enjoy, but I know there are people out there that you know this is probably their favorite cartoon. Uh, no. Even then, I don't think this game does the the. Uh, product justice it's just too off the mark in too many ways 
It's just oh, and the sound in this are is horrible. Yeah, the, the sound worst horrible. music I've ever heard. The, now uh, I'm let's, done. It's let's let's do the countdown. Right, bad music check, bad hit detection check, bad graphics. Eh, some of it's bad, so we'll give that a pass. Bad gameplay again. Eh, it was close. I've played worse. But they just they dropped the ball. It's just too generic. And what they did, if you're gonna be generic, at least be good at what you did. And yeah. they were not good. Agreed. I will say to close it out, I looked this up on the eBay, the print. It's amazing how difficult it was to find a complete inbox version of this game. I saw a lot of people maybe this is the new trend in selling Super Nintendo games. I saw plenty of people selling the box. I found plenty of people selling the loose card, and I found plenty of people selling the instructions, but I did not find a combination of the three all in one package. Very bizarre to me. Uh, however, if you want to assemble this game, you could probably do it for about 50 bucks. If you just want the cartridge itself, you'd be in for a tenner. I would take that money and blow it on something else, personally, because you're wasting your time. <laughs> and speaking of waste of time, let's spin the wheel to Brent. Oh, that's never a waste of time. How dare you? Oh, it's you? a waste. It was for this. Here we go. Now, Brent, we've added a couple things, but you'll notice that I took off my homemade pieces this week. We've added Olympic Games. I say we give them the Olympic Games. And we've also <laughs> added, uh, oh, we forgot to take off Globe Trying Adventures. I just noticed that. So we'll pull that off. I've got one standing by here. Hold on. One thing I forgot is I actually had two generic pieces on here last week, so we get a double dose of pieces. I'm going to randomly pick one here, live on the air. The winner is Microprose Games. Goes back on, so we're going to well, give wait. that one. Another... Yo, you've already got a retro rewind piece on there. No, this is a double. We're doubling up. Here we go. Are you ready, the Brent? Here we go, the Brent. Ah, uh, listen. Uh, what are the odds that Microprose Games is going to come up? It's going to have to be real low, right? The winner of this one. Oh boy, here we go. You ready for this? TV tie-in games. TV tie-in games. These are games that have a TV tie-in. That sounds familiar, because I think we just sort of did one of those. Just this exact second, we did a TV tie-in games. <laughs> so let's make a rule that these TV tie-in games cannot be cartoons, just to make it more interesting. These have to be live-action TV tie-in games. Bro. Okay, that's fair. That? All right. Do you have, does anything spring to your mind? Because I mean, Did the Brady Bunch have a video game? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. It, the Brady Entertain Bunch. the crowd. I'm going to look it up real quick. You're going to look that up right now? Listen, when I think of the... what's, And I'm going to ask the chat room this. What's the earliest TV show that you could think of that has a video game? Even if the TV show was off the air before the game was made. Can anyone come up with one? Because I'm going way back in the old mind here to try to think of one. Because, I mean, it's probably something like a Captain Kangaroo or something like that. Something that's so far back that it was long, that was off the air. Did Ed Sullivan have a game for you? I don't think so. Did something like that? <laughs> you know, I'm it thinking, looks like the Brady Bunch did not have a video game. However, they do have a board game. Oh, bam. Curtis nailed it. Going back to Dallas Quest. Listen, I'm going to take Minder as Mitsuyama mentioned, which is a uh, which is a, a great show, better show than Dallas, in my opinion. You're killing me with that that horrible rendition of that. So that's next week. It should be interesting. TV tie-in games. By the way, I should mention who suggested that piece. Uh, that piece suggested by 
Steve Rasmussen. So thank you, Steve, for suggesting that. Uh, Britt, do you have anything you want to talk about here? Well, I guess we should say I, something briefly about the Amigathon last weekend. Uh, uh, it was a it was a good run. Uh, the Brent, uh, you were there. I was there. The boat, a cast of thousands. We, we made over uh, seventy three hundred bucks and counting. And uh, we appreciate everyone for kicking in uh, for the kids. Children's Miracle Network. Uh, what you? What were your thoughts on the Amigathon, Brent? Uh, good fun. Lots of money raised. Everybody seemed to have a really good time. Uh, it did distract me from one of my duties. So I do want to say real quick, uh, Texas foosballer, you'll be in the next video. I promise. Sounds I completely like out uh, ran out of time. But I will be getting you in there for next week's show. So thumbs up there. I don't Texas know, Texas foosballer, our newest uh, uh, supporter. And if you'd like to become a supporter, ARG presents slash uh, on Patreon. <laughs> Close enough. You know... It's, you're, you're taking your life in your own hands when you anger one of these Texans, Brent. That's all I'm saying. Those guys are packing heat, brother. Uh, Brent, we should talk about the re your release last week. We haven't touched on that on the show. Tell us about it. Uh, I released the new series called Places I Played that takes a look back at some of the places that I went to play different arcade or video games and to see what they are now. Uh, it's more of a a look back in my life. It is a scripted show. Um, if it's something you might enjoy, it is up on the YouTube channel, the video version. And if you want to hear the audio version, uh, it is on our standalone podcast. So yeah. anchor slash uh, ARG presents. Now, and this is going to be something that you're going to go back to on occasion. Brent, is that correct? Uh, the response was positive enough that I am planning on doing uh, a couple more at least. So hopefully people will enjoy those just as much. I hate to say this uh, due to your scummery, but I begrudgingly enjoyed this your, your show. Uh, I, I have also been in this particular place that you played, so I had a little knowledge of it. But actually, good job, the Brent. I'm going to give you an attaboy for that one. And if you're interested in that, that will appear. In fact, it is right now in our... Uh, ARG feed if you are a uh, uh, subscriber to the ARG Presents channel. And, of course, available on the Amigos Retro Gaming uh, YouTube channel. I think that's all we got, Brent. Uh, any parting thoughts before we take this thing to the house? Nope. Let's go home. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll be back next Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will be presenting games that have a TV uh, connection. These are games based on old TV shows. Should be fun. Until next week, no bond. Thanks for joining us today. Hello to all of our YouTube subscribers and Twitch followers. Duncan Styles, thank you for your vector graphics. Bark Dick, thank you for your amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fantastic folks. Paco6502, Kevin Bean, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, C9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Fightman, Wetroalgy, Andy Jones, Dave Velociraptor, Andy Craig, Rob Flack O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Crispos, Bernhard Lucas, Steve Rasmussen, Frodo NL, 
the slow Norris, John Schaller, Carrie Heather, oh, Terry Howard, Anthony Jarvis, Olaf Hope, Rolo, Roshi, and Graham, W.O. Becky. They all have access to our Discord channel, their names caught out in the credits, and early access to special videos. And you could too. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. We record live every Sunday at 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.